Hey everybody, welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Every week we stay up deep into the night counting votes and this week we're here to make Offbeat Wall Street great again. Well, when last we met, the Cleveland Indians were about to take the World Series and Hillary Clinton was a lock for the U.S. presidency. Oh, how things have changed. Yeah, Donald Trump pulled off the greatest political upset in at least the last 50 years. So, in honor of his upset, we're going to look back at how the markets typically respond to election results. No surprise, uh, their response to Trump's victory was not what usually happens. We'll take a look at how they responded and why that was a little bit strange to say the least. And while we're looking back at old elections, well, we figured we'd take a historical perspective for the rest of the episode as well. It is Veterans Day as we record this, a memorial to the end of World War I. So we can take this opportunity to look back at some of the big business anniversaries that we've passed so far in November. And of course, as usual, we'll give you some of our quick hits on the uh, weirder business stories of the past week. We've got candy companies shrinking a popular candy bar, and we've got McDonald's shrinking the Big Mac. Okay, and making it bigger, too. Now I'm really confused. And if that wasn't enough, we've got Ferrari going all out for the environment, if only to sell more cars. It's up to you. What do we do? What do we do? Well, it's up to you. You know, it ain't that funny. You contribute all my money. You make your contribution, then you get your solution. As long as you can pay, I'm going to do it all your way. Yes, the money talks and the people walk. Well, pundits, pollsters, talking heads, and uh, most of my neighbors, actually, were all close to certain that Hillary Clinton would beat Donald Trump for the presidency. Wall Street wasn't as sure the stock market fell going into the election week as narrowing polls suggested the possibility of a close election, bringing up visions of the year 2000. But around the election, investor confidence steadied. Shares bounced back Monday, the day before the election. On election day, there was an early dip, followed by a quick recovery and eventually a higher finish. After Trump's stunning victory overseas, markets initially tanked. Japan got to react to the news in real time, with the markets there falling more than 5%. However, by the start of trading on Wall Street, spirits were improved. The markets got off to a choppy start, but picked up steam in the afternoon. And by the close on Wednesday, the S&P was nearly 4% higher than the previous Friday's close. The Dow eventually reached a record high in the wake of the election results. This kind of rally is rare around a presidential election, to say the least. Now, historically, there tends to be a bit of a letdown on Wall Street following an election. Stocks edged down the day after Election Day about two-thirds of the time. However, those dips tended to be modest. A study conducted by Bespoke Investment Group showed that the stock market declined around nine-tenths of a percent on average. This basically reversed gains posted on Election Day. While stocks tend to fall the day after an election, they tend to rise on Election Day itself. The gain in this case is also about nine-tenths of one percent. That is when the markets have been open. For a long time, the New York Stock Exchange was closed on Election Day. The stock market was open for the Election Day in 1929, as the Roaring Twenties were busy roaring. But in 1932, the market shut for Election Day, and this started a tradition that lasted more than 50 years. The New York Stock Exchange changed its rules for the 1984 election, though, Reagan's historic landslide over Walter Mondale. This is the market was beginning to ramp up to the historic bull market of the 1980s and 1990s. In general, though, the gains and losses haven't followed a general party preference. However, a couple presidents seem to get more than their fair share of post-election selling. The two presidents who got the least welcoming greeting on Wall Street, Franklin Roosevelt and... Barack Obama. FDR was greeted with losses in three of his four electoral victories. Meanwhile, both of Barack Obama's victories got notable sell-offs from the stock market. 
This includes the biggest percentage drop of any post-election trading session since 1928. In 2008, the stock market lost nearly 5.3% the day after Obama first won the presidency. Of course, the U.S. was in the midst of the financial crisis at the time, and the stock market was in a, shall we say, volatile state. The market gained more than 4% on Election Day in 2008. Another president who got the cold shoulder from Wall Street was Harry Truman. In 1948, the market dropped 4.6% the day after the election. This was the second biggest post-election decline since 1928. Now, that election featured Truman's surprise comeback, you know, the one that ended with the president holding the Chicago Daily Tribune with the false banner, Dewey defeats Truman? Yeah, how'd that work out? Truman was Roosevelt's vice president and took over the White House when FDR died in 1944. In 1948, Truman was running for a term in his own right, but things didn't look good. Going into election day, the polls showed a victory for the Republican Thomas Dewey, and Truman's upset took both newspaper publishers and investors by surprise. Well, what happened was that uh, we all knew that was going to be big news for a while, so we all came down here, Bush, Clinton, Wilson, all of us. We got our pictures taken, told you what you wanted to hear, and we, we pretty much forgot about it. All right, while we're in the Wayback Machine, we thought it might be fun to look at some of the business history highlights in November. Now, on November 1st, 1993, the European Union came into existence. The treaty creating the EU was signed in February of 1992. A series of ratifications in the various countries took place over the next several months, eventually culminating the following November 1st. The creation of the EU was a key step in the adoption of the euro as a single currency for a wide swath of European countries. That process would take the rest of the decade to resolve. And on January 1st, 1999, the euro took over as the currency in 11 countries. On November 2nd, 1947, aviator, movie maker, billionaire, and famed uh, weirdo Howard Hughes had his biggest triumph slash failure. On this date, his so-called Spruce Goose had its one and only flight. The wooden plane had been designed and built as a cargo plane for use in World War II. It was officially known as the Hercules, and it was built out of wood so that it wouldn't be subject to metal rationing during the war. As you can tell by the fact the plane didn't fly until 1947, it was more than two years too late for the war effort. In the meantime, Hughes had been under scrutiny to prove that the Hercules project wasn't just a scam run on the military during the free-spending war years. The Spruce Goose flew about a mile at an altitude of 70 feet. Yeah, 7-0. Mm-hmm. Now, in this year of elections, we might remember Eugene V. Debs. Now, before Bernie Sanders, Debs was the most successful socialist politician. The labor leader drew nearly a million votes in the 1912 election. He was in later imprisoned by the government for making anti-war speeches during World War I. He ran again for president, though, in 1920 while still in jail. Debs was born on November 5th, 1855. Some people would say the problem is purely cultural. The power of a media that's continually controlled by fewer and fewer people. Add to that monopoly of the media, a consumer culture that's based on self-gratification. You're not likely to have a population that wants leadership that calls for self-sacrifice. Okay, each week we like to wander off the beaten track a little bit, take a look at some money stories that aren't exactly Wall Street related. So, time now for a few of our quick hits. Duck and cover. (laughs) All right. Hey, you know, Vine isn't dead quite yet. Twitter is reportedly in talks with a number of potential buyers for its short video sharing app called Vine. And that's contrary to earlier reports that Twitter might shut it down. A few weeks ago, Twitter announced that it was closing down Vine within a few months, but will still keep the archive of Vines available for users to download and watch. However, the tech news website TechCrunch reports that Twitter has currently received several bids from companies offering to buy Vine. The social network giant expects to reach a deal soon. 
Well, Google's parent company has broken off its drone project with Starbucks. Okay. Bloomberg reported that tightening budgets reportedly prompted the move. It also follows the decision by Project Wing, which is a unit of the company's X research lab that pushed out two managers on its drone delivery project in October amid conflict between the engineers and its commercial team. And I'm also wondering if there was a legal aspect to it. You know, remember the McDonald's case uh, way back? Um, hot coffee and drones? Yeah. All right, well, there's been a candy uprising in Europe. You know, the company that makes Toblerone altered the shape of its popular chocolate brand. The move ever so subtly reduced the size of the product. Toblerone now has narrower triangles and a larger gap between the peaks, which has helped Mondelez reduce the size of 400 grams to 360 grams of bar. The change has made many fans uh, furious, shall we say. There's been a pretty wide backlash on Facebook and Twitter. In the real world, nobody knows because everybody's all inside on typing on their computers. All right, well, it looks like Ferrari's headed in the all-hybrid direction. The luxury sports car maker announced that it will sell only hybrid vehicles after 2019. The company expects Ferrari's annual sales to increase by 2,000 units to more than 10,000 a year by 2025. A Ferrari would be able to boost its volume limit by switching to hybrids as its volumes are restricted by CO2 regulations. And McDonald's is launching two new versions of its Big Mac, Mac Jr. and Grand Mac. That's coming next year. The burger giant has started testing its next-gen Big Mac spin-off sandwiches in Florida, according to reports. The Mac Jr. is a smaller version of the classic Big Mac burger with one patty and two buns, while the Grand Mac will have three buns, like the regular Big Mac, but with the larger burger patties, one-six of a pound. All beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Oh, great, I'm going to have that song in my head the rest of the day. You know, you make violent films, and you make dirty films, and you make, you know, family films, but just most of them are not very good, are they? Funny, so many smart people could work so hard on them and spend all that money on them and make so much money on them. And so I mean, what do you think it is? It must be the money, huh? It must be the money. Turns everything to crap, you know, but Jesus Christ, how much money do you guys really need? Hey, thanks everybody. This has been Off B Wall Street. And if you like the show, go to iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher and subscribe. And while you're there, rate and review the show as good ratings help others discover it. It's very helpful. Make sure you let all your friends know. And check out offbeatwallstreet.com. Follow us on Twitter at offbeatwallstreet. And you spell that like the street ST on a street sign. And, of course, thanks to the Big BS for script writing and co-producing the podcast. Thank you. And a special great big thanks to our friends at RTT News and some of our frenemies there as well for providing a lot of the news and stats we use in this here show. So for up-to-date info on the markets, check them out, rttnews.com. And as we say goodbye, we have uh, just a message for all those good people who just prevailed in the elections and will be serving their fellow countrymen and women for the next several years. Always remember why you entered public service. Why are you here? Let's admit it. You're here because you're making a bundle, right? Have a great week, everybody. All beef patty special sauce.